Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right. Another week, and the owners' meetings are here as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 170. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with one of my good friends, the defensive line coach at Cornell University, Coach Satyan Bakta. I caught up with Coach Bakta out at the Combine, and we talked about things he looks for up front along the defensive line in a really fun conversation. We even brought up some of my memories Uh, working alongside each other at Temple University. So stay tuned for that as well. Next up, we'll transition into the retirement of Rob Gronkowski and how I look at that from an Eagles perspective as well as a question for you guys at home. But before we get into that, let's not waste any more time. I caught up with Coach Satyan Bakta from Cornell to discuss D-line play, the most important traits to look for up front, and what succeeds in the NFL. Let's get to that chat now in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Pleased to be joined this week on Chalk Talk on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, by my friend Satyan Bakta, the defensive line coach at Cornell University. Sat, welcome to the show, man. This is the first, man. You know, I, I am so... <laughs> this is the first podcast you've yeah, ever been on. Yeah. Right? It's got to be. I'm honored, you know, and I know you're a rising star in this uh, yeah, sports stop, media stop world. Stop it, stop it. So... Well, I uh, I do appreciate you taking some time. We're we're here uh, in the Indiana Indiana Convention Center at the National Scouting Combine. Uh, Sat and I just got done watching defensive line workouts, and so I thought, you know, we got a defensive line coach. We just watched some defensive linemen work out. Let's sit down for you know a few minutes here and just talk about defensive line play, things that work, uh, things that you look for, things that carry success, not just high school, college, but then also into the NFL. So yeah. um, l- let me start this. I, this is a, a, a question that I usually ask a lot of different people with, with whatever their focus is. What's one area of defensive line play that maybe fans don't necessarily think about, media don't necessarily think about, but it's very, very important to success at that position? Well, I think it's such a fundamental position. Mm. You know, you often forget about just stance. You know, and uh, my experience, it's like you look at players that are talented and, you know, uh, uh, like there's times where it's like guys aren't as productive as they can be, mm. you know, and you look back and you just look at their stance, you right. know, and, you know, it's probably not the sexiest answer in the world, but, you know, everything starts with that right there. Sure. You know, so like where your eyes at, okay, how are your feet aligned? Um, you know, is your appropriate weight, you know, in front, you know, so yep. all those things, uh, play part in being productive and it, and it, it, it all starts right there. Yeah. It does. I mean, like to me, like, uh, I almost equate it and you and I, you know, we went separate paths after Temple. Sat and I worked together, uh, at Temple football for a few years. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit, but like, I look at it like wide receivers, you yeah. know, one of the things that's one of my biggest pet peeves is, you know, watching guys, false step out of their stance you yeah. know and it's like like god like 
it's so easily coachable. Like yeah. it's so easy to fix, and it's like like these little tiny details that yeah, grand scheme. Like does that make a guy a good player or a great player? No, but like it's to me, it's like the culmination of those little things is what leads to a guy having great success. No, that you know uh, that's definitely true. You know, if you do all the little things right, then um, you know, like the big picture is going to look a lot better. Mm. You know, so. Um, Yes, those false steps do add up. Yep. Right. So, uh, you know, if you do a great job of coaching that up and following through with it, then um, across the board, your D line, you know, uh, from the first guy to the last guy, yep. uh, you should incrementally be better. You should. Sure. You know. So, uh, yes. You know, I totally agree with that. All right. So we're. I'm glad that you started with stance because it allows us to kind of take this from almost from snap to finish. So let's let's talk about you know. I, when you're talking about guys in, in their stance and you're evaluating high school players going into college, yeah. uh, I spend a lot of time evaluating college players going to the NFL. Yeah. When you're evaluating guys and trying to project them to your scheme and you see guys that you know maybe their, their stance is a little wonky, it's not where it needs to be, how much do you have to take into account, like, A, how they're coached, B, like what they're asked to do in terms of the structure of the scheme, where they're lining up? Yeah. How, how does that all play into the evaluation? Well, I think, you know, when you first evaluate, okay, um, you know, just going back to uh, not knowing how they're coached, yep. okay, it's like, uh, do they have explosion? You know, are they violent with their hands? Yeah. You know, stuff that you can't coach, okay? So, you know, I would start off there. Hmm. And then, you know, what's his measurement? What's his wingspan? You know, in, in relation to his height. You're a big wingspan guy. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Tell, so explain why, why wingspan is so important. Well, I think, you know, when you're looking at a developmental um, player or yep. even program, you know things like that. You know it's a it's a it's a tool. You know it's a measurement that allows you to project if a kid you know has growth potential, um, you know, athletic potential. Hmm. You know, so um, if, if you look at you know players uh, at all positions, yeah, you know, like you'll find that you know like their wingspan is you know plus uh, their height. You know, so and if a guy is, I, I use plus three as a. You know, that, line that's of like demarcation, kind of, yeah. So you know? if, if a guy so. is say uh, you know eighty three inches tall, yeah, and he's got an eighty three inch wingspan, that's a plus zero. So you're looking for your benchmark if a guy's eighty three inches tall, yeah, to have eighty six inch plus arms. Yeah, yeah. Now or wingspan. Sorry. Now I mean, like you're pretty tall for eighty three inches. You know well, what I'm saying? You know, so, I'm just throwing yeah, a number yeah, out there. But um, yeah, yeah. You know, because that allows us to project like, hey, like he can add weight. He has something. You yeah. know, so. Um, you know, and you have the data from all the years of the combine. You add it up, you know, like you'll see that that holds pretty true. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, uh, uh, you know, if you're blessed with long limbs, that's a that's a plus. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, when it comes to teaching fundamentals, mm. going back to what you are saying, yeah, like we don't know how they're coached, yep. you know. So I think that uh, yeah, if they have those, those physical qualities at least, mm. uh, that's what we look at um, first. Yep. And then, hey, uh, the coaching aspect is, is is second, you know. All right, so let's talk about a guy's first step. What are you looking for, and what does it look? What does a good first step look like as a defensive line coach what, with what you're looking for? And it's going to look a little bit different if a guy's you know trying to two gap or something. Like that, but yeah. if you're, in terms of coming off the ball, yeah, uh, you're trying to get upfield. What does a good first step look like? Well, you know, I kind of break it into two, right? Okay. If I'm an edge guy, if I'm playing a nine or a five, yep. right. Um, I want to replace my downhand, yep. if not further, okay? And when I'm evaluating it, I'm not telling the guy that I'm looking for it. Right, yep. Okay, so if he can do it, plus, awesome. You know, but if I'm playing uh, a one, a three, you know, even like a six or a seven, what some people call it, yep. 
is that yeah, like you're looking for like that six inch power step right there. You know, like you're trying to bite the guy's neck off. Mm. Okay, when you're playing that uh, you know, type of technique. So um, I teach two different things. You know, so I would look at those qualities right there. You okay. know, it, it's the uh, proverbial you know six inch step, right? So uh, you know, can you get two feet in the ground? You know, before contact, all those things. Right. So. Um, so that six inch step, you're yeah. literally like I'm, I'm imagining a guy in a, in a three point stance. And for the listeners at home, yeah. you know the guy's got his hand in the dirt. That first step coming off the ball is just going to be just quick six inches. Second one's going to be six inches, and you're into contact on your second step. Well, you're not into contact. You know, okay. you want to lead with your hands to maintain pad level. Okay. You know, so you know it's it's hands and then feet, hands and feet. Mm. You know, uh, you know, like I've I've learned over the time if you just focus on the on the feet, then guys tend to stand up. Mm. Okay, but you're leading, you know, but you're leading with your hands, yep. and then your feet are going to be following you. Now, it's a technique. It's pretty tough, you know, but. You know, the faster you get your hands and feet in the ground, um, uh, uh, the better chance you'll win that battle right there. You will, you know. So, obviously, with your hands inside. Yeah, and then conversely, you mentioned the uh, replacing the down hand. Same thing if you're a listener at home and you're you're kind of imagining this guy in a three-point stance. He's got his hand in the dirt. You want that, that back foot to come back and replace that front foot, at least get to where that that hand is when off that first step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ideally you know, it goes past it. Past it. Yeah. You know, and you know, some guys are blessed to do that too. Right. So sure. um but uh, you can also train it. Yeah. Okay. So um I think uh you know when you're playing that type of technique, the faster you beat a guy to a spot, the better. You so know so we're at the combine. Are there some athletic tests that you feel equate to showing, all right, if a guy's not showing that he can do something on film, he's not replacing that front hand with his first step, Yeah, is it the vert? Is it the broad? Is it the 10 split? Like what is it that kind of equates to, uh, you know, okay, maybe he hasn't, he hasn't seen it, but let's see the get off. Yeah, well, you know, uh, the broad jump. Okay. You can't teach a guy how to jump. Right. Okay, so that's very baseline right yep. there, right? And then, you know, uh, I, like all these guys are explosive that are here, right? Yeah. But if you you know if if you're 300 pounds and you can jump nine feet or even 10 feet, like that's a plus, yeah. you know. And you know they all train for the 40 now, um, you know. But that 10 yard split is something. It's a telltale sign of like their get off. Yeah. Okay. So it's not 40 yards to the quarterback. It's usually about seven yards. Okay. So the faster that is, the better. And you know that's something that you probably you know take into take into consideration more than the 40. Mm. So, all right. So, what would you rather have? A guy who has that explore, explosive first step, that get off, or that bend and flexibility, that ability to turn? We, you know, we look at the three cone drill, and that's yeah. really kind of the drill that equates to that. Yeah. What, it, in your mind, is more important—a more important trait to have? That's a tough one. It's a tough one, right there. <laughs> yeah, there's you want you want both. <laughs> you know, at this, you know, at the at the highest level, right? right. Um, you know, but get off is you know where it starts. Yeah, you know, so. Uh, if you can dent the protection, if you can dent the run scheme, mm. you know, look, it starts with that right there. Yeah. And, um, you know, like there's things that run the hoop. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, turn the corner drills, you know, that you have that you can work on, you know. But to have the gift of just getting off the rock is something that um, it's hard to teach. Mm. It is. It you, is. You and I talked uh, while we were watching drills just about, you know, the kind of guys that, that have success, you know, in terms of getting to the quarterback in the NFL and, uh, it's not necessarily these guys that are, you know, two forty-five, two fifty, and you know, are you know, look real sexy running the hoop. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's 
these guys that are 265, 270, 275 and yeah. you know, have the ability to not just to be a three-down player and play against the run, but yeah. you know, just have that strength and the ability to kind of play through contact. No, there's no doubt. You know, um, you know, we all want to say, hey, rushing edge, rushing edge, rushing edge, but at the same time, um, you know, look, there's a lot of speed to power in this game too. Yep. Okay, like you're going to – uh, being being conflict, you're gonna you know being uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you're gonna be engaged. You're gonna be you, playing through. Yes, contact. exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, you know, eighty nine percent of the time. Yeah, it's a physical sport. Yeah, exactly. So you know, you have to be good at that part as well. You sure. Know what I'm so um, you know, like a guy that could engage and be powerful. Yep. Um, squeeze the pocket, suffocate the pocket, make the quarterback uncomfortable. You know, through contact, pushing his guy back into him mm. uh, is is uh, is valuable. So, let's get to the the next end of it. Where you know, I think it's easy, and we hear it all the time. This time of year is, you know, this this guy's really good with his hands. Yeah. What does that mean? This guy's really good with his hands. To me, that means this. Okay. Right. You know, so in the run game, okay, I hit his inside sternum. Okay. You know, my hands are inside of his hands. Right. And then when it comes to pass rush, okay, it's killing his, in relation to me, his inside hand. Okay. Right? Yep. Okay. And then, you know, having my second hand, you know, pin, and then I can rip. Right? Or getting off a block. Mm. That's what that means. Yeah. You so know? just your your ability to prevent, I would say prevent the opponent from controlling the, the from controlling yeah, exactly. the rep. You know? Exactly. I mean, you're trying yeah. to keep him from controlling. So run game, you're, you're, you're first in, first inside and you're tight. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're able to control the block. And then yeah. uh, pass rush, you're trying to prevent him from getting your hands on. You keep yourself clean yeah. so you're able to win at the top of the rush. Yeah. You know, you ask any good offensive lineman, it's like they say, um, or, you know, like I've asked them right in the past. Right. I'm like, you know, what is, what's the hardest thing for you? Is that when they get their hands on me first, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you win that battle, if you, if you become skilled in that battle, um, you know, like it's hard for the offensive line. And that's where that length comes back into play. No, it does. Yeah. It does. It does. You know, so, uh, you know, like more space, more variables. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. So um, uh, if you're a close quarter fighter, you know, it's probably not the best thing. Right. Yep. You know? Yep. So. Uh, so keep, keeping that uh, that theme along, you know, I feel like, we're talking about a guy and his pass. I, I always use the phrase, you know, pass rush plan. You know, yeah. just ha- having a plan of attack going up against an offensive lineman. Yeah. Uh, you know, being able to counter once that initial move is is blocked. Yeah. You know, because those guys are gonna, they're going to block you every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, what is how hard is that to develop with you know guys? Obviously, it's tougher from high school to college. But how yeah. hard is that to develop? Um, it's hard. Yeah. You know, so it's like you talk about having a plan and working a plan and having mm-hmm. a counter, right? And um, I, I know at the college level, you know, uh, is, is uh, you know, like the point of emphasis is, yes, okay, like you teach it. Like, what's your move? Yep. And then have a counter. Sure. Okay. Um, and I would say this. It's like you better have a counter because more times you're not, okay, your yeah. first move is not going to work. Right. Right. Exactly. So, and even a counter, right? Well, you know, like what does that involve? Like it involves intensity. It involves hustle. Yep. Um a uh, uh, like an attitude that I'm not going to be denied. Like yeah. that's also a counter. No question. You know, so um, I would say for a kid that is going through, um, you know, school mm-hmm. at Cornell University, you know, it's, it, it's a little bit different. Yep. Right. Sure. Um, you know, they're not thinking about a chop rip move on their way to class. Okay. <laughs> so they're breaking the atom. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And then you know, countering at the level, so that uh, you know, my experience there has been like a little bit 
yes, like it's a little bit tougher, right? You sure. know, but you know, if I'm coaching at the uh, FBS school to where it's you know they're there during the summertime, you know, um, uh, practices are longer, the off season's longer, yeah. You know, then uh, uh, and, and I think the cage, uh, the kids are a little more engaged with football. But sure. then you're looking at you know guys that are thinking about it, you know, you know, like their steps in relation to their you know, first move. Yeah. And then, hey, I know if I'm at step five or six, you know, depending on what hand is down, right, outside hand down, inside hand down, you know, uh, that's that's when I have to counter. Mm. You know, and just having the general awareness of seeing the quarterback through the offensive lineman, that's, that's, that's tough. It is. And, you know, um, you know, vision's a gift. Dude, know? it's one of those things, like, yeah. you can see it on film when guys just have a – a sense of where the ball is at all, at all times, and being able to know, understand, yeah. like, yeah. hey, you know what? I'm never going to get deeper than the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, you're not going to see. You're not. Gonna, you're not going to get to the quarterback if you're 10 yards upfield and the quarterback steps up. Like, that's, no, that's no. not going to happen. So, just having guys that have that understanding, and there are guys in this class. You know, yeah. uh, Brian Burns from Florida State, I think, is really good at it. Where, uh, you know, the quarterback steps up, he's able to kind of put his upfield foot in the ground, redirect and redirect and yeah. get back underneath the tackle. Like, yeah. You know that that's a great trait to have. Yeah, I mean, like I think if you take me up, uh, like I'm sure I can line up a three technique and, <laughs> and just run up the field. You know, so. Um, but uh, you might be a little light these days for a three tech, though. Well, it's it's not even light; it's just not strong. <laughs> so, you know, let's start there. But, um, but yeah, so it's like all those things uh, uh, take uh, take time to yep. develop, and some guys have a gift for it and a knack. Sure. You know? So. And I'll say this while I'm on uh, this nationally, um, uh, uh, nationally recognized podcast. Recognized, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Podcast is that this is the front is the most important. Yeah, it's the most important part of defense. It is no question. You know, guys want to talk about uh, uh, the coverage and this and that. Listen, you can't cover all day. Yep. You got me. Yep. Okay. So um, the more disruptive you can be, starting at the line of scrimmage. The better off for everyone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I mean, that's the, that's yeah. been the formula for success here in Philadelphia. For well, that. I think it's a formula for six like anywhere. I agree with you. That's you know what I'm saying? Point. Yep. So, you know, uh, uh, if you can disrupt the quarterback, okay, you don't disrupt it with a with a half safety, right? Okay. <laughs> so, you know, you got to make that uh, the quarterback's life hell back there when he's when he's uh, dropping back. Sure. So, so. the. Uh, you mentioned, you know, look, you got to have you got to have your go-to move. You got to at least have a counter. Yeah. In an ideal world, you've got as many tools in your toolbox as possible, right? I mean, there are guys here like Chase Winovich has, you know, a dozen freaking pass rush moves that I've seen him use and win with at the college level. But in your mind, a successful pass rusher, like, is there a minimum? Is it just like, all right, have that go-to and have a counter? Like, is that kind of a starting point for you at this point? At this point in their development? It's a, yeah, you know, like it's a starting point. Okay. You know, and then the, you know, like the better you get at reading a guy's set, reading. Yeah. I'm sorry, you know, reading, feeling. Mm. Okay. Um, you know, where's weight's going? Yep. You know, are you nose to nose with a guy? Can you work an inside move? Yep. Um, uh, and just even knowing uh, what the guy next to you is doing. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So, like, uh, when I work an inside move with a three technique next to me, if I'm a five technique rusher, you know, it's 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 having the wherewithal to do all those things and overlapping and being a moving target. Yep. You know, so um, it, it's a starting point. And then I think if a kid falls in love with it, well, then he'll start working on the minutia of, you know, uh, you know, long arm technique, hand placement, okay, yep. feeling a guy's weight, snatching them down, stuff like that. Sure. You know, I think, uh, you know, from what I see from Chase, and I've watched a couple of Michigan games, is that, you know, like he's really good at, you know, winning the point and then just ripping. Yep. You know, no so, question. 
and he does it consistently. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure he just worked at that. Yeah. And if it works, you know, if, if it works, it works. Yeah. And, know, and so. he's one of those guys, too, that, look, if you look at a lot of the best pass rushers, you know, guys that have, you know, 14, 15 sacks, four or five of those sacks are yeah. going to be purely off effort, at least, like, Six, seven of them might be purely off effort, yeah. motor, urgency, like however you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, but that's a trait that I mean, yeah. the best half. You have to have it. Not, and then you know what? Like a, uh, uh, you know, look, another thing is this, Fran, is like, well, this guy across from me, you know, beats his guy, and, and the quarterback just runs to me. Right. You know? Yeah, no question. You know, so you pick up those, and, you know, as a D-line, you want to hunt together. Yep. You, you want to rush together. You know, so it's just not when you're one-on-ones. Okay, it's like, you know, when you affect the quarterback yeah. and he sticks, you know, he slides three steps to his left, well, then he's in better position or you're in better position, you know, the guy opposite the rush to make that sack. Yep. You know, so um, like uh, those things factor in as well. So I'm going to have one schematic question for you. What's up? You said one thing to me uh, earlier when we were watching that uh, that stuck with me. I hope I remember it. The, uh, the, the TE stunt yeah. and the ET stunt. Yeah will never die. They will never go away. No, like, no. And they're like the most basic stunts and, you know, the most basic things that, but like continue to work at every level yeah. and, and con- will continue to. Yeah. Why? Why? Man, that's a deep question. You know, it's just, you know, when I make an absolute comment like that, I don't even think why, <laughs> to be honest with you. Okay. So, um, listen, you know, like uh, a six man protection, right? right? You know, back check releases, you know, it's so it's, you know, five on four. You're going to have, you know, the center slide one way. You're going to have a, a man side. Yeah. Okay. And, and his own side, sure. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, like as long as you mix up your vertical rushes and in your games, like you'll be fine, mm. you know. So at some point, a guy has to respect the vertical rush and, you know, take you on. You know, but if you come underneath that in, in a TE stunt, right, well then, you know, um, yeah, uh, you should win, you know. But it's, uh, you know, like go back to your question, why? I mean, shoot, man. It's, I mean, it's a, why, why does the pick and roll always work in basketball? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, mean listen, like, it's so fundamental, yep, right? Sure. It's just so fundamental, right? And and, and it's a numbers game, you yep. know what I'm saying? And it's a respect game, you know? So, um, and uh, uh, it's fast. Sure. It's fast, you know? So, um, the, like, those are reasons why they're going to work, you know? I mean, it, it's like it's like I saw a T stunt, you know, 10 years ago. I mean, like, it still works now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when you're four-man pass rushing, it's like those are things that obviously they work on too, but, sure. you know, at the same time, like, they'll bust on. Yeah. You know? So, um, it's uh, uh, the exact reason of why I can't I can't just narrow it down for you. you All know? right. But so, so it works, though. It does. I mean, no question. It works. It's, it, it was a it, staple. Yeah. At every single level, it works. Without question. Yeah. Uh, all right. So before we uh, wrap up our D-line conversation, is there anything else that maybe we haven't hit on that you feel is, you know what, like we can't not talk about or we can't talk about D-line play and not talk about this specific part of playing the position? Is there anything we haven't hit on that uh, maybe I, I've, I've forgotten to this point? No, you know, I think you talk about get off. You know, talk yep. about stance. It's a yep. very fundamental position. And, you know, it's a guy that, uh, you know, it, it's a position that, you know, you have to you have to bang every single play. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like that's just uh, like there's no way around that. Yep. You know, and then I think a lot of guys don't get respect for that. They don't. You know, it's like oh, this guy's hurt. That guy's not going full speed sometimes. Well, maybe it's just battling through an injury. Sure. You know, like you're putting your body in the line the entire time. You know, and like to go back sixty, seventy times a game and do that. You know, it takes a different person, and you have to train differently. You do have to train a lot harder than what people think. Sure. You know, uh, just to. Uh, you know, be in that uh, type of condition, 
you know. So, and it's the most important. It is. I always say that, and I believe it. Okay, you know, the secondary guys want to live in their world, you know, <laughs> but it, you know, like, like without us, it's just seven on seven. That's okay, right. and then you know, like you know how those team periods go, right? It's like uh, those balls are completed eighty five percent of the time. You know what I'm saying? You're the worst DB coach in the country, <laughs> then, so. That's why there's a D line. That's right. You know? All right, so I can't let you go. Uh, whenever I've got a, a uh, the sexy C eight defender, you know what I'm saying? Who's a weak safety to yep. fit the C gap? That's, <laughs> that's that's so sexy. So let me ask you this: This yeah. is uh, anytime I have a uh, former coworker from my di- my days over at, uh, at Temple Football. Yeah, I have to ask uh, for because we. I mean. Yeah. We used to say OAT only at Temple. Only at Temple, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's a lot of acronyms. Uh, we, we went yeah. through we went through a lot uh, over the, the, those five years, we six did. years together. So uh, yeah. I, I need a good Fran Duffy, Edberg Olson, because this was the beginning of my like. I, yeah. When I got hired, this is just you know for people listening. I had no. I was 20 years old. I was the youngest uh, Division One yeah. uh, video coordinator in the country. Yeah. I had no idea what he was doing. So like, <laughs> like I had, I was terrible. So like, there are some, there are some great stories uh, that I know you've got. But I, I, yeah. I do, do want to throw this one caveat in there. It's got to be like somewhat. You know, we got to we got to tone it down a little bit. For, yeah, family it's friendly. A fa- it's a family show. Right? Yeah. No, I mean, listen. Like, there's a multitude of stories. Okay, <laughs> that um, you know I can tell people. Okay. And, uh, uh, you know, just uh, what you said earlier on, you, know, you said you were really bad at your job. Okay? I, mean, <laughs> I don't I don't know anyone who wasn't bad or, you know, yeah. who was good but the first year. So that's right. Um, you know, but through your failures, like you get better. Of right. Course. You know what yes. I'm saying? Without that, you can't. So, you know, like you're excellent at what you do, my man. Oh, right. Thank you. Um, you know, but, uh, uh, like there were so many factors or like things that we did and, you know, <laughs> I think Al would tell you, Hey man, like make a highlight video, right. Yep. Whether it's motivational, um, or whether it's like the soft tape, whatever, yep. you know, but, uh, you know, I think he asked you to make a, a, a funny film. Okay. So uh, this, this happened very often where, yeah. you know, like coach would come in. Um, you know, it might be after like a Wednesday practice and we're having a meeting at uh, 8 a.m. tomorrow and it's, you know, it's 730 Wednesday night. <laughs> and uh, I'll say, look, uh, yeah. we need we need something. I need we need to juice these guys up for tomorrow before practice. Like, I, I need something funny. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like I, no, I got like the first year yeah. and a half. I, I had no idea what he was looking for. By the by the last four years, like, yeah. I knew what that meant. And we, you know, kind of had a good system down, but yes, yeah, yeah. but so, it was one of those days. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was one of those days. Right. So like, I'm sure like a lot of people who would listen to this, you know, like, like understand what that means. Yeah. Right. You know, okay. You know, because, uh, you know, they worked in football. Um, so anyway, like, I think you guys had some type of, uh, video room slash, um, football manager, like, uh, yeah. two hand touch game. Oh, right. it was tackle. No, it, we didn't go two-hand It was touch. tackle. Oh, it, was it was tackle. tackle. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so this okay. was the final night of training camp. The uh, the equipment staff would play the video staff in a, in a tackle Yeah, so it became type of, you know, like an annual thing. And yes. It was fun and all that stuff. And I think it was like after everyone left the facility. It was at night. Yep. It, it was at night. Yep. And you guys videotaped it. Yeah. And so, you know, so Al said, hey, man, just make a highlight, you know, like a funny <laughs> tape of whatever. Okay. Right. So I'm sure, um, like, you added a lot. But the one thing that stuck out was this. Okay. And, listen, the people that are listening out there have to remember that. It wasn't the greatest pool of talent, okay? <laughs> so what does that mean? It means that there's a lot of grabbing and reaching, right? People f- flopping. People aren't taking, you know, they're sticking their face in the fan, yeah, tackling, yeah, bringing their yeah. feet, you know. There's no form of tackling no, going no, on, no. okay? You know, there's no leverage tackle. No. You know, near foot and 
punch <laughs> rapid squeeze. It's not like that. It's it's guys that love football, right? Right. You know, you know that are doing this. And you know, I always sat way in the back. Okay, and their friend, you know, hits play on the thing. And then you know, there's this highlight, that highlight, this highlight, and finally, like, you know, for for guys that don't know, Fran's Fran's an athlete. Right? Uh, he is an athlete. I I'm not lying about that. Okay, there, thank there's you. There's no embellishment. Okay, there's no sensationalism <laughs> when I say that. <laughs> but what happened was this: a lot of grabbing and reaching. Right. I think Fran has the ball in his hand. He's slicing and dicing these guys up. Some guy reaches out. Okay, in a desperate grasp. You know, uh, 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 you know, I believe it was Bronson. It was Bronson. Yeah. Okay. Manager, He's yeah. reaching, and he pulls down Fran's pants. <laughs> okay, underwear included. And, and I think Fran's carrying the ball in his right hand, breaks a tackle, and then he <laughs> takes his his left hand and he pulls his pants up again. So anyway, I'm still going. I'm running through contact. Yeah, yeah. He, he's running through contact. Good forward lean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, everyone in the audience that day, you know, <laughs> saw saw friends. You saw know, a side of saw a side of friends they hadn't seen. Exactly. Yet. And you know, it was probably like a two second clip. <laughs> and that was the funniest moment of, of that. Uh, so <laughs> it was funny. It literally. Yeah. So so Al comes to me after that, and he goes. He, he, you know how the, you're, you're gonna know exactly what this is. I'm sitting in my office afterwards and practice getting ready to start. Al comes by, he sticks yeah. his head, and he goes, "Bro, that was perfect." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That was you it. know that's it. That's it. You know because in a hard environment like that, it, it was. It's like uh, every once in a while when you have those those moments of uh, of levity, like it did a lot. Right. It did. No, it did. Question. No question. No question. All right, so that's a good one. That wasn't yeah. too bad. I, I was expecting a little bit worse. No, nah, man. Well, you good. know, I mean, uh, you know, like we'll talk about that on the next podcast, I guess. <laughs> you know, like if that didn't do it for you no. in the audience, I'll, I'll come back again. Yeah, there you, you know? go. Uh, so, you know, Satyan is, uh, you know, one of the best defensive line coaches in the country. You can you can you can follow him uh, on you. Twitter actually. So if you uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you can follow Satyan on Twitter at Coach Sat S A T Bakta B H A K T A. I follow him, so you should be following him as well. Uh, Satyan, good best of luck this season. I don't talk it. to you. Yeah, and, uh, it was great to catch up as always. We will have you again on uh, here soon. Yeah, on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Sounds good, brother. Thank you for your time. Great stuff from Satyan, and you can follow him just like I do on Twitter, at Coach Satbakta. And while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where I post all of the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know I greatly appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on all forms of social media. That is one way to support the show, but the other is to go on to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, give us a rating, and even leave us a comment. And I wanted to give a shout-out to Matt, who went on to our Apple Podcast page, left a five-star review and a comment in the form of a question here's matt fran tommy lawler nailed it a couple weeks ago that the eagles will roll with jp big v and jordan mylotta at tackle this was confirmed by the feeding the birds podcast a few weeks ago featuring mr mylotta with whiz gone this means that the eagles will likely go to guard and center in the draft with the usual caveat being of course best player available your thoughts be bold mr duffy all right 
All right, Matt, so a couple things here to unpack. First of all, uh, I wouldn't take the fact that Jordan was on the Feeding the Birds podcast, which, by the way, if you're not subscribed to the Feeding the Birds podcast, uh, go and subscribe. It's with our uh, headline chef, uh, Tim Lopez, who covers uh, a lot of different topics. The the season two just finished of that show with uh, yours truly on episode eight uh, of that season. But um, I think when you go back... I wouldn't take the fact that he went on the Feeding the Birds podcast as confirmation that, yeah, he's definitely going to be a guy uh, that they're going with. Obviously, we, we talked with Jordan uh, back in the fall. Um, you know, we, you know you, there's a lot of offseason left. So uh, I wouldn't say the fact that you know, he was on Episode 7 of Season 2 of Feeding the Birds as definite confirmation that, yeah, he's going to be uh, the left tackle of the future for sure. No, there's a lot that needs to be decided on the field uh, before that decision takes place. So let, let's just put that uh, front and center. Then after that... Look, I mean, yeah, you can you can make the argument that the the need the better the better need is more on the interior uh, with guard and center as opposed to making it an offensive tackle. But no, I mean, with that in mind, I mean, look, if the the Eagles have to look at what they've got to tackle, right? Whether it's Big V and Mylotta, or if it's uh, you know obviously Matt Pryor as well, you can you can fit him into the equation because he's both a tackle and a guard. Uh, remember, he was a draft pick uh, ahead of Mylotta last year. So I think when you look at those three guys. You have to decide, okay, who's the long-term starter beyond Jason Peters opposite Lane Johnson? And, and if one of those guys you feel can be that guy, and maybe they're not that guy for 2019, but they can be that guy for 2020, yeah, maybe you don't necessarily look at that as a need. But we don't know what their evaluations are. We have, we Obviously, we're on the outside looking in. We can only assume uh, how they feel. So that being said, we'll, we'll get an idea of how they feel throughout the course of their actions over the course of the next few months in the offseason, whether that's free agency or the draft. I think when you look at guard and center, look, you've got Brandon Brooks coming off the injury. Um, you know, We don't know when he's going to be ready, if he's going to be ready week one, if he's going to be ready before that or after that. Uh, we'll have to wait and see there. They brought back Isaac Sayamalo, three-year extension, I believe, uh, and he's going to be a, a, a player here for a long time. And you have Jason Kelsey, who signed an extension as well. So I think when you look at how they're looking there, is there a need for an immediate starter? I guess that depends on uh, how you feel about Brandon Brooks and his recovery. From all intents and purposes, everything that we see on like social media, it seems like it's going well. So uh, they may not have an immediate need it's, uh, on the inside. But you always want to add depth. And, th- and this regime with Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson, Joe Douglas, they're always going to add depth along the offensive line. So what does that all mean? for, for Whether it's first round, second round, fifth round, seventh round, this team's going to be looking at the offensive line. That's always going to be a part of the equation. So if a player like, uh, you know, Caleb McGarry or Cody Ford or, uh, you know, all these, those guys are being talked about in the first round on the back end, if one of those guys falls and they feel that they are, that this is the best player on the board, then they'll go that direction. If it is a guy like Garrett Bradbury, who is a, a guard center, uh, if they feel he's the best player on the board, Let's take him, and we'll figure out where he fits in. And I think that's the, the way that this regime is always going to look at it. You know, Offensive line, defensive line, they're always going to be priorities. You want to build through the trenches and work outwards, and that's going to be the priority. So, Matt, uh, great question. Appreciate the question. Thank you all of you out there as well for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcast offerings on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Great question there from Matt. All right. Uh, I wanted to get into the, the retirement of Rob Gronkowski. And, um, you know, obviously, look, one of the best players you know in the NFL and arguably the best tight end to ever play the game. And what he was able to do, his versatility, even though he only played uh, Chris Brown on Twitter, made a great point. 
he only played a full season twice in his entire career. I mean, the guy was always banged up, but what he was able to do, how dominant he was both as a blocker and as a pass catcher, a matchup nightmare, uh, just a, one of the best players to ever do it at that position. I think when you look at what he was able to do over the course of his career, you can easily say, yeah, this guy's going to be in Canton. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. To me, though, and, and Dave Spadaro wrote a piece on this on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, which you can go and check out. Uh, I think uh, the the immediate thought I thought was, you know, go back to what he and Aaron Hernandez did back in 2011 and 2012 and how that almost made, like, the use of 12 personnel as a passing formation, as a passing personnel set, kind of brought that back in vogue in the NFL and what they were able to do uh, from an efficiency standpoint, from a matchup standpoint, and really put defenses in a bind with both Hernandez and Gronk force teams to match up are you going to play nickel and play like we're going to play in the past and try and defend uh hernandez with a corner or a safety okay well this now we're going to try and run the ball you oh you want to come in with your base all right well now we're going to spread you out we're just going to go hurry up and make you play a certain way and really define things as an offense and i think really now you look at what the eagles are trying to do with zach Ertz and with dallas goddard moving forward with these guys now that goddard is kind of inculcated into this offense and is uh and is ready to go I'm really, really excited for what this team is going to look like offensively next year. And, and obviously a lot of offseason left, um, you know, whether you want to see some of these other holes filled in. The rest of free agency, the draft, more pieces are going to be added here. But I think really if you look at what they've got right now on offense, there's a lot to be excited about. I cannot wait to watch Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard play a lot of times together in this offense and what the Eagles are going to be able to do with that from a matchup standpoint. I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago with Dan Orlovsky and the addition of Deshaun Jackson and how that plays into it. We talked about it a few weeks before that with Greg Cosell and you know how the, the influx of speed will really, really help those two guys. I still think that's the case. So, you know, when when I saw the you know the news on Sunday that Gronk was going to retire, that's immediately where my mind went. As you know, that really kind of set the table for a lot of, and it's not just the Eagles. A lot of teams now starting to play with more two two tight end sets as a passing threat. Not necessarily, oh, we're going to load up, you know, load up uh, along the line of scrimmage and run the football with two tight ends. No, we're going to try and spread people out and try and create favorable matchups. I think Gronk was one of the the players at the forefront of that. So uh, really, obviously, you're always sad to see a great player leave the game, but really happy for Gronk and what he's going to be able to do outside of football as well. So, um, you know, happy trails to Rob Gronkowski, one of the best to do it. All right. Uh, We've got owners meetings this week out in Arizona. Howie Roseman speaks to the media later today, I believe, on Monday. I'm recording this uh, late Monday morning. We'll also hear from Doug Peterson. I believe uh, Jeffrey Lurie as well will be speaking down there. So make sure you're tuned into our coverage from the desert. Dave Spadaro is down there on the scene. He'll give you the latest down there. Make sure you're following Dave. I'm sure they'll have an Eagles Live podcast as well from out there. So uh, great stuff this week from Satyan Bakht and all of you out there listening, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, and, of course, on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the Eagles mobile app. Thank you again one more time. Take a few seconds. Go rate the show. Leave us a comment. Don't be afraid to leave a question on there. Matt left a great one today. Your question could be next, so make sure you go on, leave us that comment, leave us that rating, and you'll get on the show. Uh, Maybe we'll build a whole show topic out of your question. So uh, give us that support, and we will be sure to return the favor. All that being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I'm Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.